Welcome back to Trending in Education, Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about Twitter and its use cases and its failures in education and learning off a recent Washington Post article and a study out of Italy. But first and foremost, always like to check in in 280 characters or less. Brandon, how are you doing? Yeah, that was the joke I was going to make. So uh, I'm <laughs> you beat me to it, Dan. And I may be exceeding my character limit, so I'll just say I'm fine. And Michael? I'm good. I'm a little confused. Uh, okay. So I'm still trying to understand what's going on, uh, but I think it might be because I use Twitter a lot. So, uh, so, yeah, so yeah, so, um, and then are we, are we supposed to be live tweeting while we're recording the show or that? that it's highly recommended. Okay, excellent. Uh, hashtag Twitter makes you dumb is what we're going with as of right now. Well, it's a study, Brandon, out of Italy, uh, to quote directly from uh, the article. Uh, it was based on a specific test done uh, with the Catholic University of the Sacred Heart in Milan with high school students and a specific subject. So it's not that an overall study of how Twitter is eroding intelligence, though it does get into uh, that later on. But the test overall was about, I guess, studying on Twitter versus typical or standard studying, right? So I want to set the stage properly here on what the actual study from this uh, article was. Yeah, so um, you know, the, the title of it is pretty clickbaity, and I hope that in titling this pod, those of you who are listening to it, we followed through and we're yes. also clickbaity. Twitter makes you dumb, hashtag goes in the front. I you're, think that's- you're, that, well, you're welcome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, do you like this bait that we got you to click uh, for? Um, so yeah, it, it is not, it doesn't say, it's not a study that looks at uh, intelligence or performance of people who, are, who use Twitter regularly mm -hmm. or for anything other than this, what this study was studying, which yes. is how does using Twitter as a social platform for engaging in a study of, in this case, a, um, a novel by an Italian Nobel laureate, Luigi Pirandello. Yeah. Um, uh, so a using Twitter as the platform to study this novel uh, where the students in the test case, and it's 1500 students. So it's, um, you know, it's a pretty big sample size. Uh, half the students, the students that were in the test case use Twitter to uh, post quotes and have an online, online discussion. Teachers engaged there. It was interactive. It, it was, was, it was social. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that is like the meat of the conversation that we'll be having around it today. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what one half did. The other half did traditional classroom study methods, memorization, you know, classroom discussion. Mm -hmm. And um, the, tw the Twitterers, the tweeters yes. uh, performed worse. And um, especially among high performing students, especially among as measured by, by baseline performance, especially according to this by uh, among women or, or girls. Um, and uh, with a material difference. So it's, uh, I'm, now, I'm now quoting, so 25 to 40% of a standard deviation from average. So something that is statistically significantly relevant, uh, the, the, you know, John Henry beat the steam engine here. Yeah. So, um, uh, but I, I think that's interesting. I think that, that it's the make sure that we're speaking to what this actually says and what it doesn't. Um, I think we can probably just go off and talk about whether we think Twitter makes you dumb in general. Yeah. But in terms of what the study says, it's, uh, it's for as, as a learning tool uh, for, uh, for, for this purpose. And it, it reminds me very much of the research, uh, we, the show we did about chatbots, where, you know, depending on what you compare it to, 
you can understand whether a pr one particular learning intervention is better or worse than another. But to say that it's just better because of the modality that is used or is not used is, is not really a fair uh, assessment. You know, a lot of it is about the, the lesson plan and then the activities that the learners engage in and then does it achieve their learning objectives. And then if, if we were then to ask the teams who designed these two interventions to go back and now improve your lesson based on these results, that'd be more interesting to me because in some ways the Twitter group has more opportunity to learn and refine their, their tactics or, or, or just say, you know, this is a, this is a loss, you know, the, the whole, um, you know, persevere, pivot or kill, you know, do you just kill using Twitter or do you pivot? Um, this to me is probably a pivot um, just because I wonder about, uh, and I didn't see it necessarily in the article. I wonder about the level of engagement from these students, the level to which they would be talking to their parents about what they did. Um, like, I think there's a level of relevance to using Twitter salience, even if it is a little, um, it's almost like clickbaity in the classroom. Um, I still think there's, uh, there's something to be more experimental and leading into, leaning into new media that, um, that isn't going to be measured in as uh, hard science a way as a direct comparison to another method. Um, but, um, but that's why I do think there's a lot more to the conversation, even around how it's very difficult to uh, discern specifically what's better or worse about one intervention versus another. As we uh, continue the discussion, the Washington Post article continues on beyond that to make comparisons to other things that Twitter is used for, politics and uh, uh, other interventions on news and how people are getting uh, their information. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Brandon, to Mike's point, as we talk about this specific use case, is the next step in your eyes another test, another way of using Twitter, another way of comparing it to the old school methodology? Or as we've talked about many times here on the podcast, the truth is probably somewhere in between. There, there's a gray area in the middle where both use cases have their best uh, day in, in classroom and best day on the test. Yeah, I, I like what Mike is saying that when you think about, you know, I'm not making air quotes that people can't see, but traditional classroom methods have been honed over, I don't know, uh, 150 years, something like that, in a, a sort of a classroom that looks somewhat like today's classroom. This use of Twitter as a platform for engagement around, you know, study-related study engagement around a specific piece of work has been around for, I mean, is it it's not as long as Twitter has been around even, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the idea that you would be comparing something that's in its real, really in its infancy mm -hmm. to something that is, you know, as best as it can be after decades, a century plus of honing, I think is um, uh, you would expect John Henry to win, right? right? You right. would expect the traditional methods to win. Yep. And, and so I do think that, um, you know, your specific question is the next step of test. It's hard, hard to know for me without knowing what, how, what the controls and parameters, like you were saying, Mike, you know, how much engagement was there and who else were they speaking to mm -hmm. and what are things that they did to try to boost, bolster the learning that happened in that um, th through this platform. Um, maybe it is designing another test right now. Maybe mm -hmm. it's uh, doing something else on the platform, um, finding students who are more likely to 
benefit from this and and opening up an alternative form of studying to students who would prefer it because that's that's another thing it's it, it doesn't have to be that this way of studying for all students is better than some way of studying for all students it could be that you know when you get a randomly controlled trial like you are biasing actually not the the study that you're doing but you're you're sweeping into the test case students who would prefer not to do it this way right, right, right. so it's either um, it's something next. Yes, I think is the something next. Uh, what that something is, I don't know. But I, I would not throw in, you know, whatever the Italian word for towel is. I would not. I would not throw it, uh, that in uh, yet. Yeah, and I I do think there's some uh, opportunity here to get this kind of information to educators and get their feedback and their like get a community of practice around teaching that is incorporating this type of research into their lesson planning. Because that's where, to me, what's missing in this conversation is more the broader context in which this particular intervention is delivered. So like if you teach everything the same way all the time, there, student, you'll increasingly begin to lose students. Students will start to get all the best teachers I've had have been willing to, you know, be Robin Williams character in Dead Poet Society, you know, stand on, stand on the table or let's have class outside or let, let's, let's do some, uh, something outside of the norm that will stay in my memory to this day. And, uh, and that's why I, I, I wouldn't want the results of one of these studies to sort of undermine that creative spirit among educators to, to be more experimental around new media. I also think uh, it, it reminds me of the, you know, the, the idea that we come to a lot, you know, technology enabled versus technology driven. Um, to me, if you're teaching uh, digital citizenship, or if you're trying to teach, uh, you know, the history of propaganda, uh, and then you want to use Twitter for that, that's hugely relevant because then it's, you know, you'll learn about propaganda and you'll learn about fake news and digital citizenship because you're using Twitter to get some, some historical data. And that's sort of like a next level insight, I think for that kind, again, that's like a higher level curricula, like probably high school level um, or, or, or beyond. But I think that type of thing is more the conversation I would like to have. And the problem with that is like, it becomes very difficult to, uh, to measure because like to me this is talking about a book breaking down a book in a in this like very honed traditional way of reading a book and then using those same tools versus you know twitter is almost the opposite of reading a book so like i'm not surprised right. that trying to force fit twitter into analysis of a book fails relative to traditional methods but there's other interventions that are more interesting than using Twitter that are different from the traditional methods, which we should be experimenting with. And then using Twitter in a more intentional way to get at some level of insight and relevance to your students' lives. Uh, I think that's, that would be a great takeaway, I would think, for this type of research. And uh, I still feel like there isn't enough connectivity between what happens in an academic circle and what actually happens in a classroom. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my quick. I felt as though reading the article that it was almost a conclusion in search of research, like that the researchers had this foregone conclusion that Twitter would not help the education process. And thus we have this study that shows the book to my, to your point, 
it doesn't seem like a learning experience that goes well with Twitter. And maybe that's, I'm, I'm an avid Twitter user and I admit that. And I uh, would say there are times where I am made more dumb because of Twitter and spending time on there. But there are times where there are many uh, news uh, happenings or uh, historical, there are a lot of historians on Twitter who do a lot of fact checking around uh, live news events that I do learn a lot and then I get it. But what I, I wanted to quote here directly from the, one of the researchers, Jean Paulo Barbetta, a professor of economic policy at the private research university and the paper's lead author uh, to get to the exact quote. Uh, he says it's quite detrimental uh, first is his first quote on the subject and then continues on saying that people will take a shortcut if it's given to them, but a shortcut won't take you to the destination in this case. It will take you somewhere different. Do you think it's, Mike, a, a, just the social media idea that we're going to be distracted, we're not going to get where we need to go? Or is this a conclusion that he's drawing because of what, to me, my personal opinion, sounds like a bias he already has against Twitter? Yeah, and I just think it's, it's also not teaching people how to match the tool and the, the media format to the need. You know, like if, you're, if you want a shortcut on reading a book, Twitter is not the place to go. Like, just go to Wikipedia, you know, like go to, go to YouTube if it's a, a prominent enough book, you know, like search, search for it in other formats, but not Twitter, you know, like, but twi to your point, Twitter is more about immediacy and, uh, and currency uh, and, uh, and then also social currency. And uh, I think that's, if you're trying to get, you know, help your, your learners make, in, arrive at insights around those types of formats, um, you know, in a media criticism class, for example, like, heck yeah, you should do this. Cause like you're, you know, that's, that's the whole point, you know? So um, I found his, the, the quote there just about shortcuts to be, you know, don't take the wrong shortcut. Uh, and this seems to point that out. Like, I think there are, you know, it goes all the way back to, you know, the cliff notes idea from back in the day, like you get pretty close to equivalency faster by using these other shortcuts and sometimes that's a that's a smart choice you know and sometimes it'll be more efficient than uh, than than the the harder path but the harder path typically is more rewarding so like I, I think that that doesn't change when you start talking about social media i think that's just a a truth about the human condition yeah i think it's also just for me it goes back to my ignorance around the um fill in anything here, but specifically around the experiment design, right? So do we think, Does I wonder if the researchers think or have insight into, was the performance worse by the, with the, the test group, the Twitter group, because they were distracted by Twitter, because they were limited to 280 characters. And so there's, you know, depth of thought that you can't express because there wasn't as much engagement as they had thought there had, would be. I mean, I, I think I, I missed it just at the very tail end of my my academic experience was starting to get into this, but things like discussion boards, mm -hmm. I'm not sure that those, I, I don't know, I've seen research that says, you know, classes that use discussion boards with good engagement perform better than those that don't. I haven't seen that research. That's going to be interesting. Yep. But it feels like, I, and I've spoken to people who have, who are doing, you know, academic uh, work today. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that feels like you're checking a box because the professor requires you to have X number of posts and Y time period. And yep. it, I'm not sure that we have found the right format forum for, for, uh, for this kind of foray. And uh, I think it's still, it's worth us continuing to explore there, but like I, 
it would be interesting to know if there was a lot of engagement that was intended, you know, that was sort of fulfilled what the expectation was and it's still underperformed versus if there, if there wasn't. Um, because I think the, you know, the shortcut here, the, the quote that Dan, you quoted, is it, were they shortcutting? Like I, it's not, it's not even clear to me that that's, that's actually what was happening here. Right, right. So um, to know on, on what's, uh, what's next on this. But I, I think there's, there's, there's some questions that maybe there are answers to. I just don't have them. Yeah. And it, it's great that this type of research is happening, uh, I would say. And it doesn't feel like it, uh, it is scaling to enough types of interventions at the same time um, so that you could, you know, you need a lot of students in those cases, which is why those, those things are hard to scale uh, to get a big enough sample size that you can actually compare them. But like, you know, these are just two modes of, you know, fulfilling a, an assignment around a book. I'm sure there are hundreds of modes that could also be designed that wouldn't be Twitter based or quote unquote traditional. Um, that to me is really interesting. Like, you know, all the research I've seen around creativity and problem solving says, you know, you shouldn't think about just one way to solve a problem. And, uh, and the idea that there's a single best way to design a lesson plan is, is incorrect. And uh, especially if you think about um, individualizing that to each learner, you know, certain, t I, I imagine even within these samples, there are probably certain learner profiles that would have performed better on the Twitter condition than the traditional condition, but we're not hearing their story because of the numbers of uh, the numbers game that is, uh, you know, randomized controlled uh, trials, which is a great mechanism to understand what's, what's true of larger populations. But I think sometimes you can, miss the value of being more experimental with other types of interventions and then also being more um, open to the idea that certain types of interve interventions are only really going to work best for a small subsection of the population. That still can be hugely beneficial to know that they're out there. Um, and uh, so, so I, I mean, I do think it, it's somewhat inspiring that they're doing research that is relevant. Um, it's just keeps, I keep coming back to, it's so hard to scale that research in the first place and then to scale the application of it without just taking some leaps of faith. Like you have to just say, based on as much science as we're gonna have, here's what we're gonna try to do next. Like, cause otherwise you'll, you'll just freeze in the analysis phase and you'll sort of, you know, get into the weeds on the, the, the experimental design, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a point at which science is an input and then being in a classroom is, is sort of just being in, being in the moment and you want to use that input to power what you're doing. But, um, but ultimately that's where the value exchange is happening. That's really where you're teaching. Yeah. It, it seems just back to the, and I'm, I'm beefing now, but um, this is the beef zone. You've entered the beef zone. Um, I, I feel like, again, this may just come back to me not knowing the experiment design, but what is, how is Twitter better than a discussion board? Uh, I have an answer to that, and I don't know if they, they pursued this, but you could imagine something that's designed where uh, students were encouraged to follow people Absolutely. who were experts, right? You know, and you're not going to follow this um, late author on Twitter um, yeah. from the early 20th century. But, you know, if you're depending on the topic and, and you both have mentioned a couple of ones, you know, whether it's uh, history with historians or whether it's 
you know, um, uh, you know, critical media class, um, you can follow people who are engaged in a discussion who have more expertise than you do. Yep. So it could be that you design the same experiment and, and, you know, Twitter is a big place. There probably is some discussion about this author and his works, yeah. right? So there, pro- there might even be a Twitter account. <laughs> that's right. Of him. There might be. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can imagine one where the richness of the experience is, uh, is augmented by using Twitter for specifically what it could be specifically good for, right? Which is the tapping into a community of expertise and where, you know, you, you mentioned surprising or, or out of the outside of the ordinary in terms of, of great teaching. There can be those um, teachable moments as you're on Twitter, imagine a different experiment design. You've, you know, you're now following 10 experts and you're going on Twitter for, you know, your, your, you know, own personal social media use. And then someone tweets about this thing that you're also studying Mm -hmm. and you get a moment of surprise where you see it from a different angle or you see some different thing, uh, not in an academic context, you know, Mm -hmm. outside of that, uh, that expected academic moment. I I think that could be interesting too. So, Mm -hmm. because to me, as I've read it, this seems like they used a freely available and popular discussion board yeah like that's that's the how it was used yep, yep. you know with students posting tweeting about their uh their insights and teachers engaging to increase the the dialogue that's not that different than just a discussion board right right but there are twitter has superpowers that i'm, I'm not sure we're being tapped for this i think it'd be interesting to design an experiment where where it was totally and uh when you were talking about teachable moments i immediately gravitated to there's so many teachable moments in the comment section of twitter I mean, like that, the comments section of Twitter is just opportunities to teach. Absolutely. Uh, you're often told not to read the comments, but there yes. are ways to uh, learn from that. I always enjoy reading the comments. And a quick search on Twitter finds a couple of different scholars uh, about Luigi Perandello uh, and also a 150th anniv- uh, birthday celebration for him. So uh, there are things out there that maybe were, to Brandon's point, learnable or, or ways to engage further but also to Brandon's point, I agree, we, we don't see the parameters of what the students, how the students had to engage. And were they looking outside their sort of ecosystem and other students, or was it a strict uh, conversation on Twitter that just went back and forth as the conversation went on? Uh, I think there's a lot to dig into here as we move forward, uh, Mike. I think social media we've talked about before, Twitter we've talked about before. Uh, I do love the angle of the Twitter historians. I follow a bunch of them. Uh, Kevin M. Krause, who's from Princeton University, does a lot of yep. uh, fact-checking on Twitter and a lot of historical uh, insight uh, based on politics of the time. What do you think, uh, what's a study you'd want to see with Twitter? Is it what you've already discussed, sort of these moving parts of connecting it to the classroom, or is there something uh, in your use of Twitter from a, a learning perspective that you think would be a nice next step to understand whether or not Twitter is a platform that can be a learning platform in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, I got, I got some advice uh, for our listeners. Uh, I would say follow at Trending in Ed <laughs> if you want to use Twitter for learning. Uh, and even if you don't, uh, you'll, you'll have some provo- uh, provocative uh, tweets, uh, some cool treats, uh, all, the, all the kinds of things you love on the Twitter. Um, and I would say, honestly, um, if you're not familiar with these platforms, if you don't know Twitter, um, I've talked uh, in the past a bit about, you know, I t- I, one year, uh, my, my social year, I just 
leaned into all of social media uh, and now I've been more selective since. But like, if you don't know these platforms it, and you're an educator, you probably should spend a little bit of time uh, just because your, your, your students are, are doing it. Uh, and, uh, and then also Twitter in particular is a place where you can find a, a community of folks who are interested in, in similar areas. So, uh, so no joke. I mean, our, our, we do connect with a lot of the educational community on Twitter and uh, people really care about learning. They care about education and a lot of them are tweeting and sharing articles and uh, it is a really uh, interesting community. So like I wouldn't let this research, which I still would encourage more research like this. I wouldn't that I wouldn't make uh, I wouldn't have that make folks too uh, careful about using Twitter. But it's also a little bit cautionary. Like these tools are dangerous. You know, like you can you can lose time. You can uh, go into go into rabbit holes you don't want to get into. Um, but I would say you know follow trending and ed, and uh, and then uh, you know we're connected to a bunch of other. Uh, educational and learning Twitter accounts. So, uh, so I'd say that would be a good place to go. If you, if you found this conversation interesting, it's sort of the, the tone that we use over there. I don't know. I, I guess if I were betting, I would bet that Twitter doesn't make you dumb. I think that um, if you're, but I mean, I, I, I would guess that people who engage regularly in discussion or in, you know, sort of the discussions that are happening, even if you yourself are not tweeting out in the ether are probably more, more aware than people who don't that would be my 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 general my general guess that on average twitter twitterers tweeters the, the twitterati the twitterati i would guess the twitterati is probably um i don't know because of uh i think it's a selection bias but is probably more intelligent than the non twitterati because and there's like there's bias stuff in there. There's access and affluence. What's and intelligence, like that, right? Man. Yeah, there's what's intelligence. Go check out our IQ show. But um, you know, I, I think that would be an interesting thing to to, to see as well. I, I think it's uh, harkens back to something Mike has said a couple of times about going deep or going you know broad. And I think Twitter allows you to go broad a lot of the time. It lets you get a sampling of a lot of different topics and sort of that 280 characters, uh, a, a high level TLDR idea of things. Uh, too long, didn't read. For, for those who don't know, uh, but it sometimes lacks the depth. And I, I think that's where it can cause some problems where people think they know because they get the high level headline or a couple of tweets from a, a, a subject matter expert and then don't go deep. Don't get that deeper knowledge and understanding of a subject matter. Uh, someone else I do want to point out who's been on our show before, Stephen W. Anderson at Web20 Classroom over on Twitter uh, runs the hashtag Ed Chat uh, every two, day, uh, two days a week. Uh, if you're an educator, if you're an instructor, or you're an administrator, he's a great follow as well, along with, uh, as Mike pointed out, out at Trending and Ed. That's us on Twitter. That's us on Facebook as well. You can find us at trendingandeducation.com. You can find us on Spotify. On uh, You can find us on Google Podcasts, iTunes, the whole gamut of podcasting apps to leave a comment and a rating and, of course, subscribe for future episodes. With that said, thanks so much for listening to the latest in trending in education.